11 minutes it is after 8 p.m. And uh, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, seeing some of the news coming through here and uh, some of the screens that we have here in studio. Big story out on BBC World News. Uh, yeah, seeing the face of uh, former President Jacob Zuma there. And uh, we're going to be touching on that particular story uh, under the microscope uh, just uh, at the tail end of our discussions this evening. But uh, uh, we take a look now at uh, what uh, is uh, coming out of many of our... Um, Township and village entrepreneurs, and uh, this time around, uh, we speak to an enterprise in the world of tourism and hospitality. It's a hiking business that is, uh, I guess, linked with a, a wellness and, uh, you know, a fitness element here. It's called Hikobix, a mix of a hike and aerobics, and it's based out in Newcastle, uh, promoting an active lifestyle, and is also known for its contribution uh, to tourism in that part of the world. Its founder is my next guest. Uh, Tsebiso Maruping is the founder of Haikobix. Tsebiso, good evening to you and welcome. Hi. How are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How do you pronounce this business from Newcastle? Haikobix. Huh? Um, it's Haikobix, yes. But also my name is Tsebiso, not Tsebiso. Because a lot of Zulu people say Tsebiso. Sorry about that. Tsebiso. <laughs> okay, all right. Tsebiso. Let's talk about the genesis of this particular business. Um, I mean, a lot of people would be interested, you know, when I hear or think of Newcastle, the first thing I think about is textile manufacturing. Um, but uh, I guess in a way you flipped that script. Um, how did this business come about uh, and what is the motivation of uh, getting it started? Um, I grew up in Newcastle and there was nothing, you know, with regards to hiking that I've never done before, you know. So I went to Cape Town to study and I actually learned there was actually hiking. There was actually hiking um, outside of the world of Newcastle. Mm. So um, I came back to Newcastle and I thought, let me introduce this thing that I actually learned outside of Newcastle. And at first it was so difficult because people didn't know what hiking was, you know. And <laughs> every time I mentioned hiking, they thought that we were actually hitchhiking to another point you know <laughs> so i had to first educate um a lot of people before they actually came and when it started i actually had only eight people <laughs> just to mention something um and it started to grow it started you know people started learning more about hiking mm. um they started learning more in terms of the benefits of hiking um what it involves you know and I know the la the largest number I've had is between 80 and 120 people. <laughs> so more and more people are actually hiking. And with the COVID last year and uh, when the country actually started to open up, I know a lot of people didn't want to, you know, remain indoors and they wanted to actually go outdoors. So mm -hmm. that's when a lot of people actually started hiking even more, even people that never knew about it, yeah, that, yeah. you know, were doing it for the first time. So, so I guess we're all quite clear on the sort of health benefits and the wellness part of things. And, I, and um, you know, the surge, uh, especially during the lockdown, I mean, of uh, what really was a safe way for people to be around, uh, you know, uh, in groups and, of course, getting their sort of workouts in on the weekend and uh, seeing the great outdoors. Uh, but how do you make money of it? <laughs> um, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us. How, I mean, where, where, where's the business here? Okay, because I love hiking um, and I don't like boring things, mm. um, I find mountains, I find farms, 
I find established hiking places and not established hiking places. Um, sometimes I actually have to make the trail myself. Um, so the way that I make money out of it, <laughs> if I can put it like that, is um, obviously I have to, you know, make tickets. You know, people need to buy tickets in order to come and hike. And the ticket obviously has to include um, the venue fee, the the food that they're going to eat, oh. um, photography, a number of other things. But also another way that I go about it is that I love to, you know, introduce new and different types of small businesses. So, for example, whoever caters is not always the same person, you know. Oh. Whoever um, sells the clothes for the hiking clothes, um, it's local. It's a local company, you know. So, yeah. So, so in a way, I mean, I guess where the money is is in the experience you give people rather than the hiking per se. I mean, the hiking is a sort of facilitated way and curated way to get to some of the big experiences that you have. Uh, of course, including the apparel side of things. T- talk to us about that briefly before we get into the other sort of different elements of, uh, you know, uh, the experience that you've built up here for some of your clients. Sorry, can you repeat that for no, me? No, I was just um, saying, tell us, a bit more, tell us a bit more about the people who make the hiking, clothing, apparel, all of that. Oh, okay. It's, it's actually a small business, um, which is from Newcastle, um, that I found. They I normally just come up with the design and... Um, they saw it for me and I'm, I'm a physiotherapist by profession. So I'm a frontliner and I wear scrubs like Monday to Monday. Basically. Sure, sure, sure. So I don't get the chance to, um, you know, swag up like other people mm. in different careers or fields. So when I thought about the hiking, like clothes, I wanted to obviously look stylish and it must be comfortable. It must be able to, you know, withstand all the challenges um, within the trail, you know. So that's how it came about as well. So the company is obviously local. um, And yeah. Okay. So we'll hold the line there for me for a second. Uh, we're going to take a quick spot break, but when we come back, we'll certainly continue with our conversations and uh, some messages coming through already on Twitter uh, for Tsibiso, and uh, we'll take a look at uh, those on the other side of this. 20 minutes it is uh, after 8 p.m. You tuned into our SMME exchange and uh, our Village and Township Economy series. Uh, this week takes us to Newcastle, where we speak to uh, uh, Hycobix. And uh, I'm joined by the founder of Hycobix, uh, Tsibiso Maruping, uh, who joins me as our guest for our SMME exchange uh, this evening. And uh, some of you already coming through with uh, your tweets there. And uh, let me take a uh, quick look at uh, one of the tweets uh, that have uh, come through. And uh, one tweet there uh, coming through saying uh, big ups to uh, Tzibi So and uh, uh, for some of the great work that she's doing out uh, in Newcastle. And uh, certainly uh, Tzibi So, I guess uh, many of uh, your customers are quite familiar uh, with uh, some of the work that you guys are doing in that part of the world. Talk to me about, I guess, uh, some of the growing pains of this business. Um, you know, it's, it's something entirely different to, to be dealing, say, with 
three parties on a weekend uh, that you're going to be hiking with uh, and I guess being chock-a-block full and uh, having to deal with uh, this business as it grows because one would think that there's all of these different elements, there's the part of the experiences, there's the mapping out of the different you know, uh, uh, paths that uh, people would be hiking on uh, and many other issues that I guess grow in complexity as you grow um, you know, uh, the size of this business, the number of people you employ, uh, but also how many clients you can take on every weekend. Um, one of the first challenges that I had was being a female. Mm. Um, <laughs> people never thought that, you know, they would associate the female with uh, owning a hiking company and probably even making trails and going to mountains and etc. So sometimes when I get to a farm owner, like they would, you know, look at me like I'm joking. <laughs> you know, they would have actually expected a, a male version to be approaching them, you know. Is, is this like, when like, you want to ask them to use parts of their land? Um, yes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yes. Um, so that's one of the things that I've, um, you know, uh, had challenges with. Um, but I've been able to conquer that. Mm. Um, and as the numbers grew... I obviously had to, you know, get more help, you know. Um, there's, a po- there's a time where I thought, no, I could manage this group. Like, I was able to manage eight people at some point on my own. And then as it grew, like, the challenges came where, mm. you know, the suppliers couldn't supply what they had to supply. For example, food would be cold, you know, because I wanted to be everywhere. So the challenges came, but I obviously tried not to make the same mistakes, you know, twice or thrice, you know. Mm. Um, and I learned from each mistake. And COVID-19? Uh, I mean, talk to us about, I guess, how the successive waves of, uh, you know, levels of the lockdown yeah. have affected this particular business. Uh, it affected a lot. <laughs> it affected a lot because uh, even when it opened, uh, there's a time where I could only take uh, soft drivers, you know, just to be on the safe side of things. Because normally, sometimes we, uh, most of the time, actually, we have um, transportation, you know, for those that don't have a car and can't, like, soft drive themselves to the to the hiking venue. And when we had soft drivers, you know, it cuts, like, over 60% of the people that normally do come to Hikovix. So yeah, that that was a bit challenging. Um, even when even now, like they closed all gatherings besides, besides funerals. So I'm not sure if the government will still allow us to go hiking or you know. Mm-hmm. And, and and I mean, when you think about all the different experiences you provide, if indeed that is the case where they say you know effectively you can't do what is so central to your business. What are some of the other possibilities that, you know, you could potentially continue um, on a virtual basis? Because I guess you, you can't have a virtual hike or anything like that. <laughs> that would be difficult. <laughs> but um, Near impossible, yeah. But <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Unless somebody lives in the farm, maybe. But that's very difficult uh, mm. to have a virtual hike. Um, it's very difficult. But we do obviously do, like, virtual, you know... Um, tips and advices, you know, uh, but a hike would be very difficult. Mm, mm. And in your other offerings, uh, I mean, any possibility of continuing with some of those? Uh, because, 
I mean, I guess someone might say it's a very theoretical and academic sort of question that you're asking. Well, it isn't. I mean, we, we're in level four now uh, and uh, you still have overheads to meet. You still have, you know, people to pay who put food on the tables of mm. many of their households as well. Mm. So it's a question, I guess, that's informed by where we are now. Yes, yes. Uh, obviously, with the with the pandemic, you know, a lot of things have gone online. Mm. So we have uh, a website. So we are going to continue, you know, selling like um, our clothes uh, online and pushing that um, at the moment. But mm. yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe just, you know, last one on our end. And I guess, you know, oftentimes uh, many of the people who listen to the show are people who are interested in, in businesses like yours and uh, in some cases we hope they have very deep pockets. Uh, when you look at your business now and uh, you think about the ideal level of scale and type of offering that you have, what does that look like and, and uh, what's needed between where you are now uh, and where you'd like to get? What, what needs to happen you know, in the intervening period? Um, I am wrong. I'm still trying to learn you know, to be on my two feet actually. Sure. Um, I studied uh, physiotherapy so I know very well about the health sector mm. so when I got into the hiking sector it's more tourism side <laughs> sure. um, so I'm also still learning the tourism section of it um, but in terms of where I am right now obviously um, tourism sector is um, how can I say it in terms of sponsors you know it's a bit difficult to to get sponsors when you're in the tourism sector, you know, mm. that's what I've realized. Um, a lot of people that you approach, you know, they don't always take you seriously. Uh, you know, you're a hiking group, you know. But um, where I'd like to be, you know, there's a lot of things, a lot of equipment, a lot of, mm. you know, the camping side of it, sure. you know, I the traveling I mean, side of it. You, you know, know, the more you go into some of those elements, the camping, the hectic lifestyle parts of things, that you're also going to need land. I mean, I, I would think that. Yes. Definitely, you are gonna need land. Yeah, like, well. I mean, <laughs> you, you can't, can't be, can't be knocking on, you know, past Quibus's land the whole time and say, "Hey, Quibus, please, man, we just need to go." Uh, uh-uh. you know. No, 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 no. And I love, I love finding, you know, black-owned uh, farms, you know, sure. because a lot of, a lot of um, my brothers and sisters, you know, they, when they have land, they only think of um, the traditional things that are done on the land, mm, like you know, food production, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, you know. So when you come with hiking, they just, you know. What is that? Mm. <laughs> so I always like finding, you know, such yeah, farms, you know, yeah. because they get some 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 sustainability or some sort of sustained, uh, you know, income that sure, comes, sure. you know, and reputation and, um, you know, some form of marketing as well, mm. you know, for their, mm. you know, for their land. So you know, it's also, also just, it's a learning approach, you know, for them, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and for Newcastle. You know, a lot of people come from different parts. They come from Joburg, they come from Durban. Mm. Uh, to come and hike in Newcastle, you know. Mm, Some mm. people wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, to actually be in Newcastle at 6 or 5. Yeah. So, you know, Teresa, just, just maybe a last time on my end, and I guess, you know, it's linked <laughs> to, to your comment there. Um, a lot of times when we speak about, like, agrarian reform, uh, it moves beyond just the agriculture story. It, it talks about different land uses. Uh, mm. And one of those land uses that you certainly cotton on to is this idea of creating hospitality, tourism and leisure products on the land uh, as a way to give people certain experiences. It's probably the more 
uh, sort of ecologically sustainable part of doing that work because you you're certainly mm. not digging up and uh, you know throwing away waste and all manner of other things but but i'm quite interested in sort of your sense of whether or not something like this would be possible in what is seen as the former homelands so then case then the former areas under guazulu uh, whether or not you know because in some of those cases people do have land uh, they might be on a pto arrangement some communal tenure but they do have land and they also do have very rich places that people could go and hike could go and see um mm. what's your sense i mean certainly by your own observation having gone into the space of the potential of being able to expand into those areas where some of the land challenges might not be as uh, what we might see i guess in the old republic mm I think it's very possible, you know. It just needs somebody that, you know, um enthusiastic about it and really loves it. Mm. If you don't love it, you're not going to find um the creativity in it and you're not going to be able to, you know, make it possible, you know. So, for me when I find the farm or when I travel like and I see an area and I'm like, "No man, we can actually climb here." Mm. Like, let me find the owner. <laughs> mm. You know, let me find whoever owns here. Can can we do it, you know? So, I think anyway, where it's rich and it's 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 possible for such a thing to happen it can happen so long as that person has you know the the love for it you know if not you can call high cobics to come and <laughs> establish it <laughs> awesome stuff and uh tsibizo i wish you and uh, your business there uh, all of the best and it's certainly going to be tough going now uh, with everything closed up but uh, I, i mean i think you know when uh, things do open up uh, certainly many people are going to be going out and uh, hitting those trails there and uh, wish you all of the best and uh, yeah certainly hope uh, we'll see our own invite here at Metro FM talk in the mail uh, to uh, come and uh, hit some of those trails out in Newcastle definitely definitely will definitely invite you thank you very much as well i have been awesome stuff thank you so much tsibiso uh, maruping there speaking to us uh, she's the founder of uh, high cobics and uh, yeah um, yeah great operation there wellness uh, leisure you know hospitality and seeing uh, parts of this country in a very ecologically sustainable type of way and yeah mabani kwa manomhlaba bafumana lomhlaba because we do need these examples that are non agricultural non primary production type of things that ideally we should be doing in the agrarian parts of our society uh, to diversify the opportunities obegisongetafleni for many of our people in that part of the world we're going to take a brief break now kasbuya Uh, yeah, we check out what happened out at the Concord and uh, we take a look at more in our community focus. Twenty-eight minutes it is uh, 